the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, if you have faith, you're going to demonstrate that faith. And there's no better place to find that in the Bible, in my opinion, than Hebrews chapter 11. I appreciated Jim Stanley, you know, co-hosting for us yesterday. And because of that, uh, they finished third John. I was so proud of that. But we've got two days here, uh, this Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday, Fire Away Friday. And then on Monday, we're looking at the book of Acts. But during this period of time, uh, Alex and I thought we would talk about faith. And uh, faith that works is amazing. And in Hebrews 11, I want to read this for you. This is this is faith that really works. Hebrews 11, verse uh, 32, it says, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. Now listen to this. Who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, Stop the mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again. Now that's quite a list of what I would call accomplishments and deliverances. And so we want to look at that today. If you have a copy of God's Word, and it's where you can, uh, let me suggest you turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And Alex, when I get to this, I know I skipped over reading about Abel and Abraham, Sarah. Let me just say, I think they get a lot of publicity. But I thought here in the middle part of Hebrews toward the end that we might look at some works that is listed rather than people. What do you think? Well, I think that's a good thing, Bert, and it's great to be with you, and it's great to have everybody listening to Exploring the Word today. And this is really something that I think the 21st century church could benefit from, is kind of getting reintroduced to not only the walk of faith, but really the valiant you know, spiritual warfare victories Amen. through faith. You know, Hebrews 11 very fa- famously talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, it's interesting. The word there, substance and evidence, really the, the evidence is the word for conviction, the confident knowledge of something. The substance is the realization of it. Bert, some of our Christian convictions, and then I do want to get over there to verse 32, but look, by conviction, by absolute certainty in our life, we know God is real. We know Jesus is our personal Savior. We know the Bible is God's Word. We know the Lord can never lie. The Lord can never fail. The Lord doesn't make a mistake. We have these unshakable convictions of who our Savior is. Therefore, it's only natural that we would trust in Him. That's faith. It's only natural, the natural Christian life, that we're going to see God work, and we're going to see the realization of the one in whom we've put our faith. So when we get to verse 32, and we read about, or 33, kingdoms subdued, 
righteousness wrought, promises experienced, um, the mouths of lions shut, um, battles won. And let me say, we've got our, we're living in a time of battles for, for, with no question. Bert, our God is able, and we are justified to have absolute trust and faith in him who gives us the victory, aren't we? We sure are, Alex. And let me just share with you, this list continues today. In other words, yes. kingdoms are still being subdued. Uh, uh, promises are still being realized and obtained. So we want to look at this from a historical point of view, but also I would say a present day uh, we, we, if we're not careful, we'll get into the Bible and we say, look what God has done, and he has done great things. But let me just share with you, God is still doing great things. And we want to talk about that today, and I hope it didn't encourage people. Uh, to be honest, I preached on this Sunday as Memorial Day weekend, and I said, right. uh, let's remember some of the heroes. And we listed some of those heroes and went through them. But let's go through this list, as you've already mentioned, subdued kingdoms. And uh, we know Joshua, we know David, man, they subdued kingdom after kingdom after kingdom, and, and great, great warriors they were. But did you ever read Chuck Swindoll's book, Kingdoms in Conflict? Oh, my goodness. That was a very influential book in my young life. It was as mine as well. I was older than you when I read it, but it influenced me greatly. And it tells the story about Romania and how during the when the Soviet Union fell, how Romania was it was different than a lot of the other the Eastern Bloc countries. Theirs yeah. was that from within and the faith and the church and, and how they trusted the Lord. And it was amazing what God did. A few Amen. years ago, I had the privilege of going to Poland, and at Poland, we learned the story of men and women of faith that stood during that period of time and stood for godliness, and, and the church was so influential in that. And they, quote, subdued that kingdom. I mean, the Soviet Union failed. Uh, and, and I agree, Ronald Reagan gets so much credit, and he deserves it. But inside that story, we find stories of men and women, Alex, of faith that was responding and doing oh, the work word. of God. That, it's still kingdoms and are and can be subdued even in 2023 and following. Amen. Hey, I was, you know, we were down there at uh, National Religious Broadcasters last week, and I was so thrilled. There's a book that temporarily was out of print, and it's back in print. And I saw it when we were down there in Orlando, Bert, and it's by Billy Graham. Guess which book it is? Which one? Angels, God's <laughs> Secret Agents. They're, they're reprinting it? It's it's back in print. I saw Amen. brand new copies of. Now, why do I bring that up when we're talking about faith? Because there are some stories Billy Graham tells of um, battles won, people protected, Christians literally at the point of death to be martyred, and they were delivered. And folks, we're living in a time where we've got to understand that though we are in the midst, we're in the crossfire spiritual battle. We are on the victory side. Amen. Um, hey, Bert, have you read was, the last of the book and find out who wins, Alex? I've I've read re, I, I've read from generations <laughs> to revolutions. Amen. I've read. <laughs> I, um, I just we, couldn't. You set yeah. that up, and I had to say it. We do win. Go ahead, brother. Now, and and let me drill down deeply for just a second, if if we could. Now, hang with me, folks. In Hebrews eleven one, 
It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, Bert, you're going to appreciate this. Now, the word evidence, do you know what that, that word is? It's the word hypostasis. Okay. Now, many a time, folks, you've heard preachers talk about the hypostatic union, that Jesus was fully God, fully man, two natures within one person, right? right? Now, the word hypostasis means to stand underneath. In other words, there's something below the surface that enables you to stand strong. Now, we are not God. Uh, As a born-again believer, we are redeemed. Only God is God. And when you get saved, you don't turn into God. Uh, The creation is always separate from the Creator. But what it means is that when you have faith in Jesus and you have, quote, the evidence of things not seen, what it means is your courage, your confidence, there is something within you that's below the surface, and it might be invisible to the human eye, but it is the thing that's enabling you to stand strong and face each day with confidence. And what is it? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the Spirit of the living God that's indwelt you. It's your prayers being answered. Bert, hypostasis, we, yes, we're human, but we're a supernaturally indwelt human with the living God. We are. Adrian Rogers, I heard him say it. He said we're to be naturally supernatural and supernatural naturally. In other words, yeah. we are we we are an unusual species, if I could put it that way, as followers of Jesus Christ. We have the hope of glory in us. We have the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're, we've become the temple of the living God. That's who we are, and therefore we are standing on authority. We're standing on solid ground, and we're under his authority. What a place to be, to be standing on the sure foundation and under authority of God. And so with that, we can subdue kingdoms. We can work righteousness. When I saw that in verse 33 about working righteousness, I couldn't help but think about Joseph. Here he was in Pharaoh's court. It was an evil court. Pharaoh was the God. I mean, you know, and yet God used his man, Joseph, in such a place. I just want to share. I already talked about Chuck Swindoll in that book, Kingdoms in Conflicts. He talked about Christians being in situations under authority of others that are not Christians and yet still standing. I would advise if you can get a hold of Kingdoms in Conflict, it will really help you in 2023 to to navigate, Alex, what's so going on. But that is true. We need godly people in those positions. Matter of fact, if you look at the Bible, it seems like the most influential people uh, that were God followers were not always in command. It seems like they were under Joseph, under Pharaoh. Here's Daniel, under Pharaoh. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed, you know? And so why why would we be at home there? Because we're servants. That's what we, we were saved, and we're, we're to serve one another. So why shouldn't we serve in that position? Wow, great point, great point. And very often some of the strongest people I've known have been people that were willing to humbly serve, not in first place or in the limelight or something like that. Now, it goes on, and these are miraculous things. Uh, Verse 34, they quenched the violence of fire, escaped 
the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in battle or in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens or invading nations. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. In other words, you know, just recant and will alleviate the suffering. Bert, this thing, not accepting deliverance, do we need some Christians in 2023 (laughs) that are willing to speak truth and stand strong, even if it comes with a a painful price? I I know we do. I need to. Here on American Family Radio, it's easier. We're, We're surrounded by that great cloud of supporters that listen to us and and help us, but we need to be ready to stand in the difficult days and the hard days. So we're going to get back, and we're going to look at some of these promises, and we're going to look at this man that was vagging in battle. You don't want to go away and miss it. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender God is a good, good Father, indeed He is. He is so good to us, and we welcome you back to Exploring the Word. You know, we're talking about living by faith and seeing God do wonderful things and bless you with victories. If you don't know the Lord, then by all means, it all begins the day that you open your heart to Christ and you say, Dear Jesus, be my Savior, and you can be born again this day. Maybe you need to come to Christ, or you need to come back to Jesus Christ. You can do that. And Bert, we've got a number, some friends. Look, folks, no strings attached, no obligation, just somebody to pray with you and encourage you. And uh, if you need just to make a, a decision to, for real, you know that you've put your faith in Christ. Uh, today, a little phone call could be one of the most significant phone calls you ever make. Bert, what is that number? It is 888-NEED-HIM, and you'll find some people there that are willing and ready to help you know Christ, and confirm your walk with the Lord. And so listening to ALFR, you'll hear that quite a bit. And then on Exploring the Word, it is amplified about salvation and discipleship. Now, a lot of programs deal that that we produce. But Exploring the Word, it came about for evangelism and discipleship, Alex. And that's what you and I have the privilege of doing. And in Hebrews 11, it really is talking about this discipleship of walking by faith, as you you have so eloquently shared with us about the introduction to Hebrews 11, about evidence and the substance, and it is in Christ. And now we see, uh, again, all the evidence of what they did, what this faith did. And going back again, I'm just overwrought by all these uh, different listings. They worked righteousness. We talked about that, obtained promises. I could not help but think about Esther and Mordecai. In the oh, book amen. of Esther, as as Haman had done a job on the king, Ahasuerus, and he had it where all the Jews were going to be slaughtered, basically. But Esther came to a, the time of the kingdom 
for such a time as this. And Mordecai told her she needed to do, if I perish, I perish. She went to the king and obtained a promise, Alex. So, so these promises, we, we stand on those promises. And listen, that's when you know that God's word is real. I stand on his promise that he will never leave me. He will not forsake me once I have really trusted him, that he will complete the work that he started, according to Philippians 1, 6, under the day of Christ. I want to tell you, some of those promises start at the moment of salvation, don't they? Oh, my goodness, they really do. And, you know, all of life for the Christian is just this wonderful, glorious adventure of learning everything about Jesus and becoming all that he wants us to be. Um, you, You know, I think it's good at least several times a year, to read Hebrews 11. You know, um, verse 36, Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. That's, you know, getting locked up and handcuffed and chained. They were stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Now, Bert, this morning Angie and I were reading a devotional, and it was talking about, you know, Jesus asked this question, you know, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, talking about the world not being worthy, see, it's going to be an eye-opener when Christ returns and the people that were mocked down here, but they stood strong for Jesus and for truth, they're going to be, they're going to be glad they did. Bert, uh, you and I both have done our share of radio interviews, and whether it's moral issues, gender, sexuality, marriage, family, just uh, this wonderful nation, America, the climate. I was on a show the other day, and because I was talking about the fact that, I mean, it's just a scientific fact that um, a lot of the uh, environmental laws are just very oppressive, and they really don't um, improve the environment at all, especially when some major foreign nations, our little tiny, you know, drop in the bucket doesn't change anything. And, And I got a lot of hate mail about how I was a science denier. Well, that's not true at all. Here's my point. Uh, verse 38, speaking of God's church, and many of whom were martyred, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered about in deserts and all this. Here's the thing, folks. Anything, any ridicule, any um, being made fun of, or any persecution, it's going to be so worth it. Let a lost world say what they're going to say and do what they're going to do. We stand on truth, don't we, Bert? We really do. And again, let me make a line of demarcation in verse 35. And and I do want to go back to verse 34 to talk about one individual that I just, I had him marked down. He's one of my heroes in the Bible that you don't hear a lot about. But in verse 35, in the middle of it, it says, it gives you from verse 33 all the way through the middle of 35 victories deliverances, how good it was. And then after others in verse 35, it gives you the destructive, those that lost their lives, those that wandered. 
Now, that word others in the Greek, it's others of the same kind, Alex. In other words, the same faith that delivered from the mouth of lions, the same faith faith that that, uh, out of weakness became strong, is the same faith that brought torture to some, that brought uh, others mockings and scourging to others. You see, it is faith, and God determines which way it's going to be. He can determine, I trust him. But I did want to go back to that when it says, became valiant in battle. That seems like, well, that's an unusual word. But I, I could not help, as soon as I read that, have you ever heard about one of uh, David's mighty men, Beniah? Beniah, uh, it's been a while. Okay, we find him in Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. And I don't know exactly why this happened, but he was one of David's mighty men that just did a great work for David. And he was, he was I, I don't know, it was on a snowy day of some way and somehow, but in chapter 23, verse 20, I just want to read this and I want you to comment on it. Then we can go to the other side of the others, but I did want to get this in. It says, Beniah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Gabzil, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. Now listen to this next line. He also went down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Now again, I don't know exactly what brought that about in a pit on a snowy day. Here was a lion that was already in the pit. Don't know exactly why he was there, and it was a snowy day. Beniah comes along, I can just see him slipping in, but in this very big battle, this battle between a lion and Beniah, Beniah is able to kill and subdue this, or I should say subdue and kill this lion on a snowy day when all the things was against him, when every circumstance in life was was just beyond his control, he was valiant in battle. I want to tell you, and, and you've already referred to it, so I thought, man, I can't pass this up. We're in a battle, and we need to be valiant in this battle. We need to be strong in this battle. When the world is coming against us, just like you said you were talking, and they let you have it because they talked about that wasn't true science, I bet these same people don't know the difference in male and female. Oh, hey, they, they don't follow it, the science. Uh, they, they don't know when life begins. Life is there. And, yeah. and so, so many things. They say follow the science on the stuff that we want to follow it, but we'll discard it when it misfits our philosophy. But here yeah. is Beniah. He was ready for battle in difficult circumstances in time. I could not also help but think of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 when it says we're pressed in. In other words, mm. we are in a bind. We're in a tight place. Well, I feel like we're in a tight place here in America with things which way it's going to go. But we've oh, got brothers and sisters all over the world in North Korea. Alex, listen, it's it's more like a, a camp, a gulag camp, uh, an imprisonment camp for Christians in North Korea. In Afghanistan, oh, they're being hunted down and and listen, so we need to stand, and God's going to give us what we need we're, when we're in the pit on a snowy day, and the lion is coming after us. He'll come. He'll give us what we need, brother. 
Well, that's true. And by the way, uh, I completely do not want to digress, but folks, tonight I'll be guest hosting the Hamilton Corner, and I'm going to mention the fact that North Korea, one of the greatest human rights abusers in the world, North Korea has just as of today been given a seat on the board yeah, I saw of the World Health Organization. <laughs> Uh, that the World Health Organization can do that, but we as Americans do not want to subordinate ourselves to the World Health Organization, and that's what some of the leaders want want us to do. So we're we're in a fight, Bert. I got to say this: when I was a little kid, uh, I was about twelve or thirteen years old, and I loved the song "Onward, Christian Soldiers." Amen. Okay, do you marching is to war. Marching yeah. as to war yeah, with the cross of Jesus. And I remember there was a little controversy in our little rural Presbyterian church, and they, they said, we're not going to sing that anymore because that's violent. And I was 13. I wasn't even saved yet. And I thought, come on. The preacher said we were in a spiritual battle. I know onward Christian soldiers doesn't mean I'm supposed to get a gun and go shooting people. It's a It's a... Uh, a metaphor that we Christians are in a battle. And uh, even at about 12 or 13, I thought, there's nothing wrong with that song. We are in a battle. But here's my point, folks. We really are. And when you read Hebrew, in the, the, the surest way to lose a battle is to not think you're in a battle. And uh, it goes on in verse 39 and 40 of Hebrews 11. All of these people, these heroes of the faith, having obtained a good report, in other words, they had a good testimony of obedience through faith, received not the promise. In other words, they weren't in heaven yet, and they lived before the cross. They didn't even know about the empty tomb yet. They didn't have Revelation 22 in the Bible yet, but they trusted God. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, uh, should not be made perfect. In other words, they're not getting saved a different way than you and me. We're getting saved the same way they did, through Jesus. We are called to the same level of obedience. Um, Bert, I've got my heroes. We all do. I hope you do. I love Adrian Rogers, but uh, while his life has hugely influenced me, I can't preach like him. I'm supposed to preach the way God's called me to preach. But you know what? I can, to the same degree with God's help— give my life in obedience. Uh, you mentioned Chuck Colson, incredible, brilliant Christian leader who influences the world to this very day. You know, um, we are standing on his shoulders and so many others. And Bert, don't you think that each of us, for God's glory, we need to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Lord, I'm going to obey you. Lord, I'm going to know you. Lord, I'm going to represent you. And whenever and however I leave this world, I'll do it joyfully, confidently, because every step of the journey, everything post-salvation was done in faith and in obedience for our Savior. It really was, Alex. And with that in mind, I could not help but think of, you know, those that quenched the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar, he said, don't you know, man, I can kill you. I can do ever." uh whatever I want to. This is in uh, Daniel chapter 3. Uh, they said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able, and I would underline that, put highlights, he's able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. God is able. 
He will deliver us from your hand, O king. It's not in your hands. You're not the determining factors, what they're saying. Verse 18, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the God's image which you have set up. We've got to have that kind of faith, knowing God is able. He is able to heal. Those of you that are right now, you're you're waiting on that report. Is it cancer? Is it malignant? You're waiting on that report concerning your heart. Are you going to have to have heart surgery? Or are you not? You're you're looking at what's going to go take place. Let me say, I want to tell you, God is able to deliver. He's able to heal. But if not, what are you going to do? We need to have that determination in our hearts and our lives in 2023 about our medical condition, about the economic condition, about the political situation. It doesn't mean we set aside and do nothing. No, we trust God and we obey God and we're stewards of whatever God's given us. Good medical condition, voting, being active, yes, we're to be stewards of what God has given us and use it for his glory. That's what Paul did when he said, I'm a Roman citizen and I appeal to, to Caesar. Listen, but we still know, O king, it's not in your hands. There's a higher authority and we're under him. Alex, that's what Hebrews chapter 11 is all about. We're under God's authority and there's something better waiting on those who trust God, isn't there? There absolutely is, folks, and you're listening to Exploring the Word. Now, I want to give the number. The number uh, for telephone calls is 888-589-8840. We would love to have your Bible question, and whether it's about Hebrews 11 and faith or something we've touched on or whether it's something else, 888-589-8840. Call us on today's edition of Exploring the Word. We would love to hear from you. If you if you've never called, first-time caller, this is your day. This Call is your in day. With the Bible. Amen. Exactly. Amen. And we'll be back after this brief break. Don't go away. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me Jesus. Welcome back to Exploring the Word, and that's what Alex and I love to do is give you Jesus. He is the one. And you just heard the advertisement about the fishbowl retreat. Listen, I hope those of you that love your pastor might check with he and his wife, see if they would enjoy coming to get away for three days. And uh, it's, it's just an excellent time to be away. Jeff Shreve and Debbie, his wife, Jan and I will be there. We're just going to pour into you, encourage you, and uh, I pray that those pastors that would love to come, uh, you might just drop a hint to your deacons or your elders and let them know, hey, I've got a good idea. Uh, that's the week before uh, Pastor Appreciation Month begins, and that would be a great way to do it. With that in mind, Alex, uh, we've got people lined up. We don't like to keep a lot of folks waiting long, so we already got people calling in and with their questions, don't we? Well, we do. We do. And we're going to start out with Raymond in Georgia. Um all right, let me do something here. I'm hitting the little button, so Bert, okay, Bert, I'll bring us in. Yeah, we got there, it. It went there. It went. Okay, Raymond in Georgia. Thanks for holding, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, Bert. One of Bert's favorite songs is uh, "Midnight Cry." My nephews wrote that song. Is that right? And, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, their their mother was my older sister, and uh, she was an Church of God evangelist for like 30 years, and she's passed on now. Woo. Amen. But, uh, she, but anyway, uh, 
I really need, uh, besides the verse, of course, Philemon's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, the, I need prayer. Uh, I, I would hope you, you two uh, men have been really good to me. I listen to you in the daytime when I can, and I listen every night from 7 to 9.30 to uh, your radio station, and I pick up five good evangelists and preachers, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really good to me. And AFR is great. I love them. I love what they do, and I appreciate them. Thank you, Raymond. Amen. Well, amen. And and what was the question? Okay, well, anyway, I, I, I have trouble assimilating uh, – the word totally into my into my uh, my life. I mean, like I've read the Bible like, at least probably eight times straight through without stopping. All all of the everything, print, genealogies, everything, different the word. And uh, but God has kept me alive. I was in prison for thirty years, and uh, God kept me alive. I was stabbed almost to death, and. Uh, when I got stabbed, I was carried to the hospital, and the doctor there, he had to leave, and, and guess who walked in? A surgeon. And that's what I needed. So God kept me alive Amen. all these years for his, his purpose. But I still need prayer because I'm not – I know more than I live. If you're, I don't know if you know what that means. Or I not, do know what I, that means. I, yes. Go ahead, brother. Yes. And and so I, I do appreciate what y'all do, and, and I – if if you just read the verse out, if you have it there before you, uh, I'll read that. It's Philemon uh, six. I'll do that, Raymond, okay. right now. And this is in the New King James version. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That's the mm-hmm. verse, Raymond. Now, what if you got a specific question with it? Yeah, what it is, I have trouble. Uh, I don't listen to the Holy Spirit prompting as I should. I know I don't. And, like, I've had to adjust my life around differently than I ever considered what I'd be living out here. And everything has changed. And, like, I keep looking around, and and the whole world has seems to change. People have gone completely crazy. They're mentally ill. They're trying to teach our children all kind of crazy stuff. I can't believe people anymore. And, um, hey, Bert, let me jump in here for a second. Forgive me, Raymond, but this Philemon 6, I pray the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ. So the the fellowship, it's such a beautiful thing, fellowship of faith, fellowship with other believers, fellowship with the church worldwide. How? Uh, effective and bearing fruit through what? It all boils down to this for every Christian, the knowledge that we have, the relationship we ha- have with Jesus Christ. Bert, our our growth, our interaction with other believers, our knowledge of the Word, it's all uh, because of the Lord in us, and that's a, that's a good question. But I'll tell you, let's move on to Lori in Arkansas uh, to get as many calls in as we can. Bert, can you take us to I Lori? I sure can. Let's go to Lori. Lori, welcome. Thank you for calling. First time caller. Um, Now, regarding speaking in tongues, um, you know, the Bible that says Isaiah Pentecost, it was different language in the speaking of tongues. So what the speaking of tongues now is not another language when they speak in tongues. And they say that's not of God now. 
the speaking in tongues because when they had that day of Pentecost, it was different languages for their own region, and they were able to inter- understand the different languages on the day of Pentecost. But now when they speak in tongues, it's not a, it's not a language. It's not a, of a foreign country or anything. So okay, Lord, thank you. Yeah, it is. Listen, in the book of Acts, three different times you had this phenomenon happen, and it was languages. It was known languages, and and then in the book of Corinthians, uh, where it's talked about quite a bit, it seems to be unknown. Uh, and it, some people have used the word ecstatic utterances, and I'm using their word. Uh, but I'll just tell you, everything is to be done for the glory of God. And regardless of anything, you look at that and what Paul said, just what Paul said, he said it's the lesser of the gifts. And he said, uh, if you're going to desire, desire one of the better gifts that can be understood, service and, and serving. But we, that, that it's good to have that understanding. But Alex, we're living in a day, you and I are both old enough to know when the conflict comes up and uh, again, we're not trying to diminish truth. Don't anybody mm-hmm. hear us that way? But there are some hills that we just don't need to have to fight over too much. And I, I, I believe that's one of them. How about you? Well, yeah. And, you know, if you read in First Corinthians fourteen twenty-two through 24, there's not only conflict among Christians over this subject, but he asked the question, if the whole church was come together and all were speaking with tongues and the unsaved, unlearned people come in, would they not say that you are mad, says the King James? I mean, they wouldn't understand. Here's what I want to say on this subject. There are equally good, godly, well-intentioned people that disagree on this, don't they, Bert? They really and do. They regardless do. of your position on this, uh, be humble about it and hold your position in love. But let's remember, the, the great, even greater than any tongues or any miraculous gift, Paul would say, is the the love and the unity we have in the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Lori. Let's go to, yeah, let's go up to, uh, if I find my cursor, I'll do it. Let's go to Tennessee and find, talk to Lisa. It's Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thank you for calling today. Well, um, I have a prayer request, and I actually wanted to, to kind of make a statement as well. I'll get to the prayer request first. Um, I'm a truck driver. I've called you guys before, but I'm a truck driver, and my dispatcher's son, is his name is Caleb Hammer. He's 13. When he was 11, he had been diagnosed with bone cancer um, in his arm, and they did surgery, chemo, and he had remained cancer-free for about a year and a half. Um, last week he was, he had a bad, um, cat scan, uh, come back hot. And so now they have found it in his, I think if I'm remembering correctly, in his right lung. And I just want to lift him up. Okay. Mm. Amen. God Let's bless you. write the name Caleb Hammer down. Pray for him. 13 years old. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Now what's mm. your statement? be back into St. Jude. And I just wanted to say, this past Sunday in church, and as many times as I've heard the story, read the story of, to me, Jesus' greatest miracle, you know, when he raised Lazarus after being dead for four days, and in leading up to it, and it was talking about he groaned in his spirit, and then, of course, the first, the, the shortest verse, 35, Jesus wept, and the pastor said, 
So does anybody know why he wept? And for the first time, it came to me, and I was like, because he didn't want to call him off the streets of gold. He's already in heaven. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) What a place to be. Amen, Lisa. I'd be be going, Jesus, now look. (laughs) Hey, you brought me home. I don't want to go back. Lisa, thank you for that. Amen. Let's go to Mississippi. Is it Romita? Romina? Romenta. Romenta. Thank you for calling. How old are you? I'm not 10 years old. Oh, man, we love that. That's the age of one of my grandsons. So what's your question for us, Romenta? If God is all spirit, what, and he's neither woman or man, why did he come down as a man, and why do we call him a he? Okay. Good time, good question. Isn't that a great question? And a good time to get it settled. Go ahead, Alex. Well, first of all, Raminta, thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. It really means a lot, and I I give God all the glory for you. Uh, The question, and people are asking this, first of all, let me just say this. Um, we, we have to take God for how he has revealed himself, or God has shown us about who he is and, and God's nature, and all of God's revelation of himself has been in masculine terms. Uh, in the Bible, we read about God the Father who sent his Son. Now, God created male and female, and that's a good thing. In fact, Bert, there have been some great Christian leaders over the years like C.S. Lewis who said there had to be two genders, male and female, because one human couldn't adequately reveal the, the nature of God. Amen. When the first time I heard that, yeah. Alex, I said, yes, it really does answer a lot of questions, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Now, it doesn't mean that men are better than women or, or men are inferior to women. Uh, human beings, we're, we're equal before the Lord who loves us. But God, uh, for one thing, in terms of his masculine nature— Um, God created, God sustains this world. God is the provider, just like in a home, husband and wife, the the man generally uh, is the larger wage earner, maybe the complete wage earner. Um, The husband marries the wife. Christ is the bridegroom who gave his life for the church, his bride. The, the husband is supposed to be the protector. God protects, and Christ and the Spirit of the Lord um, seals and protects the church. And in no way, in no way is this to diminish females or put them lower than men, but remember God created Adam first, and then Eve was created from Adam's side. So uh, it, it is just how God has revealed himself, and it's how creation has worked. Now, Bert, I'm keenly aware, uh, not only is there a lot of rejection of God's Word these days, there'd probably be a lot of pushback on even just what I've said right here, but we refer to God as a He, because I think we need to trust who He has told us that He is. That's the answer, that He has revealed Himself to us in masculine form, he does refer to his some of his actions in female caring for a babe, 
uh, as a mother cheek would take uh, a hen would take care of her little cheeks, but he refers to himself as he. And so, uh, Raminta, I hope that gives you, and in place of devaluing women, it really elevates them. It really does. That's what God has done. Thank you so much. Let's go to Texas. Demetrius, welcome. Hey, how you guys doing? First of all, I just want to thank you for all the work you guys do. Uh, the gentleman that called in that did 30 years, uh, I, too, did 25 years. I was 19 years old when I went in. And I just want to say there are many men, and I'm sure women in the prison system, that listen to you guys. Abraham, all of the, I mean, American Family Radio is funneled throughout the system in there. I came out, I'm 45 years old, and I understand what the, what the gentleman was saying, the brother was saying. It, it's difficult out here, but it's not impossible. There's a lot of strange things out here, but Christ is is more powerful than all of that he gives us the strength to deal with all of this foolishness out here i know that our nation is in uh is crying pretty much crying for um for the lord to just do a great awakening but i i understand that you know that that may not happen if the good lord can do it but guess what it, it may not happen with all of this politicians this politics and everything and whatnot but keep our eyes focused on the lord Amen. Uh, i just want to encourage that brother Hey, Demetrius, uh, you haven't just encouraged him. You've encouraged Alex and me and every listener today, brother. You, you're you a blessing. Amen. And I, I just want to thank you for calling in and making that call. And we do have a lot of prisoners that those that are incarcerated listening, and we hear from them what a blessing it is. So we just say thank you, brother. Alex, I think we got time for one more call. And Let's try. Leona from North Carolina. Leona, welcome. Hey, how are you? Doing good. Um, I've got a really quick question for you, and I'll try not to get too much time. Um, I've been in an association, association with uh, members of Jehovah's Witnesses uh, probably since 2015, and um, I don't really agree with their doctrine, their beliefs, their teachings. Uh, they believe in um, faith and works as being salvation. Yeah. Okay, I don't believe that. Okay. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says that we are saved by grace through faith. That's right, Leona. Hey, Leona, listen, if you can call back, we'll put you on. But listen, that's not the only issue. The main thing is salvation and who it's from, Jesus Christ. Mm. Alex? That's right. That's the first thing you want to do to check anybody. What do they say about Jesus? Uh, yeah, Leona, you, seriously, you need to get into a church that is truly Christian. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, they're not Christian because they reject Jesus Christ. And salvation is through faith in Jesus, the risen Son of God. Make sure that you've believed the truth about how to truly be saved. Amen. Hey, Alex, tomorrow we're going to look some more at Hebrews 11. We concentrated on the first part today, but we're going to talk about those that you know, they weren't delivered. They had to go through it. And so we want to trust God no matter what. So tune in tomorrow with more of Exploring the Word. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.